Welcome back to the 10th episode of the Out to Lunch podcast. We've officially reached double digits, and we cannot thank you enough for your listenership and your support of the podcast. With every download, every listen, every share, we get one step closer to educating and inspiring the SAP partner ecosystem. So thank you very much. Today's episode is the third iteration of the software adoption mini-series hosted by Hans Ube and Yip Ten Bosch, and they sit down with SAP partner Fair Consulting Group on how quality is a culture and how they drive quality to the next level by rewarding their teams for going beyond the certifications. Now let's dig in, eat some lunch, and see what they have to say. Enjoy. All right, let's do it. Um, welcome everybody to uh, to this podcast. Uh, today we sit down, um, obviously with Hans. Uh, Hans and I always um, uh, sort of host the podcast, but today we sit down with um, Merab from Fair Consulting Group, based out of Australia. Um, Merab and I have a bit of uh, history. Um, I've been working for SAP in Australia, and we have been working together. Um, so uh, it's great to have him on the show, see a familiar face. So um, welcome, Merab. Thanks, Yip. Uh, great to be here. And hi, Hans. Hey, um, I don't have, an, don't have an Australian accent, but um, good day. <laughs> good day, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, again, uh, welcome. Um, it's great to have you on. Um, you're an Australian-based company. I know you also have an offshore team um, uh, based out of Pakistan. Um, which is an interesting uh, one as well. But today we're going to uh, dive a bit further into the topic of, uh, of the adoption. Um, and um, I'll tell you a bit of, or I'll tell the audience a little bit of, of what I've always experienced with you, because I think it's, um, uh, it's an interesting one. Um, knowing you, uh, you your team has a CX background, and I know you've expanded into the BTP uh, area and also S4 a bit. But you right. always have been doubling down on the topic of quality. Um, you've been always uh, one of the highest certified um, partners in Australia with uh, periods or maybe still of uh, everybody being certified in at least one of the CX solution and preferably uh, more. Um, and in the adoption topic of, hey, we're going to deploy software and we're going to double down on, on quality, obviously, we loudly applaud that. But there must be a, a clear reason for you why you're, you have decided to double down on certifications, but especially, obviously, in, in, in continuous learning of your consultants. Can you, can you share a bit of your, your thoughts why you're pushing so hard on that? Yeah, look, I think, um, I guess, uh, first of all, I don't necessarily think that certifications equals quality, uh, but it definitely goes a long way to demonstrate some level of, 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 of quality when it comes to the consultants and maybe a bit around how um, uh, customers are, are looking at, uh, you know, when they look at a consulting company, probably they're looking at an advisory role where we are there to fill gaps that they may have in terms of knowledge or experience. Um, so that, that's why certification per se is not the, you know, the quality stamp, but what we're doing in FAIR is we have a very dedicated approach to upskilling and learning. And we actually have a bonus structure that is tied into that. So it's not the certifications, but it's um, instead of having just a utilization bonus, we have a uh, upskilling and learning plan bonus. So as part of the uh, development plans that our consultants are on, they uh, get encouraged to do 
POCs and they get encouraged to uh, test and learn things and then do share and learn sessions internally with our team, but also um, externally publishing blogs and things like that. And if you can you know, look at newer things that have been coming out in the market and you do a bit of a Google search on that, you'll see that our name would pop up a bit, right? Spartacus, when it was released, we were doing POCs and things like that. So it's a bit around, uh, you know, being able to deliver um, relevant experience to our consultants so they can then portray that into knowledge to solve the problems with um, our customers that are essentially, you know, taking us in to get to solve something that they may not be able to do themselves. Um, so, so that's one of the bigger parts around the, let's say, dedication to the certifications. But when it comes to then, you know, quality as a concept or quality as a um, mindset, that is around, you know, how do you then deliver the projects? And the certification is not obviously going to deliver projects, but um, having a quality uh, mindset to, you know, you have that famous triangle of uh, time, uh, quality, and money, and you can only pick two. For us, it's like we don't budge on the quality. <laughs> so you can only really pick one. And uh, I hope that that is something that the customers essentially uh, want because the quality then I think drives adoption if you've had a successful quality and repeatability as well. So, you know, the best way of, I guess, getting your customer to be happy is for them to see that the implementations that you're giving them is meeting their expectations when it comes to um, the value that they want to unleash. And if it's done through quality, I think that then it's a tick in the box there as well. I mean, that's great to hear. I really love, love and I especially love the upskilling bonus, right? Because it feels like um, you not only say it's, it, it matters, right? You really make it sticky to your people in terms of compensating them as them. Um, you alluded a little bit that you try to help them in getting there, right? Um, what initiatives do you run to your employees in terms of learning beyond? Is it mainly peer learning that you are extrapolate so that the more experience share with the people? Maybe you can go there a little bit deeper to explain how you support this, this upskilling bonus drive. Yeah, so it's very structured, actually, and we've iterated this uh, over the last six years. So every year we try to, just as you go, like being agile, you, you try to iterate and make things better as well. So we actually have a survey on what are the things that works and what are the things that doesn't work with our um, development plan. And every year what we do is the CTO and the practice lead sit down and look at the areas that are strategic, important, and opportunistic for us in terms of, you know, where is the market going? Where is SAP going, et cetera? And we define then um, these topics. Within those topics of strategic, important, and opportunistic, the um, consultants get to choose what their training plan should be, and then they get supported by the practice lead. Um, now, if they, for example, say, I want to, you know, um, upskill in XYZ uh, topic, if it's strategic in our agenda, it's automatically approved. If it's important, it's like a bit driven to what are the um, opportunities out there in the market. And if it's opportunistic, they kind of need to justify why. But what we then do is we tie that into things like Learning Hub. Uh, so we got obviously subscriptions with, with SAP's Learning Hub. 
uh, and also other courses. But one of the key things that we also do is to have our senior consultants and our principal consultants taking ownership to get the people who are less experienced upskilled as well. We do have a, a internship program um, where we take in you know, people to help them and they have a dedicated learning journey essentially, which is you know, how do you become a fully fledged um, exper uh, experienced consultant through these things? And it's very important to distinguish between theoretical learning and practical learning. So our, uh, let's say, learning plans are very, very practical. Uh, this is not just going, go and that's why, again, said the certification is kind of a byproduct of the learning. It's kind of, I've achieved my goals in the learning, but now I'm, you know, proving that through a certification as opposed to doing a certification for the sake of it. And uh, one of the things that we are actually not doing, we're not giving our consultants any points. So we have um, this development plan is based on points. They actually don't get any points for the certification. But what they do get points is for doing proof of concept, playing back the learnings and uh, blogging about their things, right? Those are the things that they get points for not the certification per, per se. No, no, it's quite interesting and I, I really like it, right? Because, I mean, we talk a lot about school smart and street smart, right? Uh, I mean, one is you have to learn the theory and if you are not equipped, you can't go into practice. Uh, yeah. and, and what you really want to push the people for is take the, uh, the theory you have to do, but yeah. when it really matters is that you, you practice this and improve it. And, and that's maybe... A good one, right, that also leads me a little bit to a slightly different question in that area, and that is, we talk a lot about what is what is the profile of a consultant in the cloud, right, and how is it shifting in this new world where we all talk about business transformation. How see you see this balance between functional knowledge and business process knowledge and the capability to advise the customer? You were saying customers are looking for advisory, right? Um, how do you see this balancing into this? Well, look, first of all, I think, uh, especially in the CX space, we've, we've adopted cloud quite early. So a lot of the CX products, at least in SAP, is already cloud-based. So, uh, you know, that shift has happened for us uh, maybe earlier than, than others. But having uh, kind of uh, looked through what um, the definition of that is, we, we don't really define functional and technical consultants, right? For us, um, when we engage with, with a customer, it actually talks about the experience and experience design. Now, that might be something that people relate to uh, design thinking or a designer, but a designer is, is, is you know, <laughs> just like the word agile is, is a bit overused at the moment, right? It's, it's about to be able to understand the customer's problem through a process lens, through a, let's say, value lens, but also through a technical lens. And, you know, consultants have nowadays a much more bigger threshold of burden to not be just technical. A technical consultant that is not able to demonstrate why the solution is, is, is going to help someone will not go a long way. Uh, so they would always need to be accompanied by, by, by a BA or a PM or some, and that becomes cost prohibitive sometimes, right? For, for, for you can't have, you know, 15 people, uh, uh, that half of them are, are um, technical and half of them are functional just, 
just for the technical to be able to explain it. And also, I guess, from a cloud perspective, moving into as the cloud matures, there is maybe less um, requirements to be technical with the whole low code, no code, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, technology stacks that are, that are improving more and more. Um, so to kind of answer your question, we still have the definition of, you know, is this a Java developer uh, or, or is this a BA? But more and more our Java developers need to be able to understand how they're solving a problem, not just write the code. No, what is interesting, right? And I think like you rightly said, the technology shift in terms of empowering business process innovation and requiring less technical deep skills because you can do more with the technology with less knowledge allows you obviously to pivot more into the triangle that you nicely described of process value and technical skills, right? So, so really, really like it. And in terms of, of the, the relationship between SAP and, and, and our ecosystem and, and you guys in particular, how do, how do you think that relationship needs to evolve in terms of learning, right? I mean, we have our learning hub, as you already mentioned. Um, um, what are your thoughts on the evolving um, learning journey together between SAP and, and the ecosystem? Is that something that, that you see um, uh, shifting in that same direction or what, what are your thoughts there? I guess my uh, honest opinion is SAP is maybe a little bit behind compared to some of the other, uh, uh, let's say, technologies out there to, to quick, quicker publish um, their material and, and first and foremost get the adoption to, to go high by availability of that material, uh, but also to be able to get uh, customers and partners to uh, you know, give a feedback loop to, to SAP. Now, I know that there are uh, these uh, initiatives and we've been part of a few, Yip, as you know, that uh, uh, CEI initiatives, customer engagement initiatives, where, you know, us as a partner would, would demonstrate and, and test and learn basically prior to a product launch of something that SAP is about to release. But it is because, you know, from the back in the days, the ABAP, proprietary mindset and the proprietary code, I think it's ingrained a bit still in SAP. And while BTP and, and a lot of other solutions are becoming much more open stack, the shift of the learning also needs to go into a more open source, open stack, which I think the BTP is really, really kind of adopting, right? I, I really like what BTP is doing with regards to leveraging open source functionalities but also releasing a lot of that very quickly out, out to, to, to the market for adoption and also for, I guess, a feedback loop back in there. Um, so, you know, um, you, you can see other techno technologies where that is one of their differentiators. And because it's so readily, readily available, it's known. And because it's known, it gets adopted. So you know, if there's one thing that can actually help increase adoption and potentially sales is for those things to be more readily available. What well, is a good feedback, right? And I think, but I also appreciate it. And I mean, you will see this and in BTP, as you rightly mentioned, we already moved away from uh, putting content behind firewalls and paywalls in, and instead saying everybody should get trained, right? Uh, and, yeah. and I think I, f I fully agree that this is something that matters, right? The more 
you make the knowledge available, the more we can support initiatives like yours in terms of pushing theoretical learning as a, as a base to everyone and then pick it up and put your own experience on top of it um, to learn it. Yeah, and, and the free trial of, of BTPs is an amazing initiative, right? That demonstrates exactly that because, you know, BTP is very powerful as a, as, a, as a platform, but it's still relatively unknown if you look at comparing it with the other hyperscalers that is just on top of and the front of mind of, of everyone else. So by enabling these type of things, I think it helps adoption. And, you know, for us, which is a kind of technological curious company, you know, everybody has their own little BTP account and they're doing things and then they're using that to play back, right? We have a company-wide BTP, but it's also readily available for them to sign up and, and test just as they would do with any other, other hyperscaler. So I think that's a good uh, evolution. Cool. All right. Hey, um, we've got a famous last question that we always want to ask. <laughs> um, and I'm going to ask you. Uh, no. Sorry? <laughs> I said the answer is no without knowing what it is. <laughs> the question is, no, this is an out to lunch pod podcast, right? So the idea is, um, is us virtually um, having lunch and having a conversation about some of the topics that we just discussed. But the question that I have is, if you were able to pick your own lunch guest, um, who would you pick to have lunch with? Who's your inspirator or your hero or somebody that influenced you heavily? Who would you pick to go out for lunch? And what was one of the main questions you would ask the person? Okay, I need to evaluate. I mean, I probably need to elaborate that. Is it actual people and living people, or can I go back in time? Or like, you can go back in time if you want to. <laughs> oh, I mean, right now, because I'm away from my family living in Australia, it might have been like I would probably want to go to lunch with, with my mom and dad and family and those guys. They are my um, closest heroes. But if I think about someone who's at the moment living and that I admire it's probably more from a leadership style than anything else would probably be Simon Sinek um, I actually relate a lot with his way of thinking and his way of of doing things and I feel that he's been an inspiration to fair on how to to go about running a business that is um, grounded into uh, more things than just profit. Profit is important, but I think he's been an inspiration for me. So I'll take the opportunity to uh, go for a lunch with him and, and pick his brain a bit more. <laughs> cool. No, he's, he surely has really amazing stuff out there and, and, um, and is very, um, very vocal indeed about um, uh, doing right for the customer. And then indeed the results in terms of monetary uh, uh, profit will, will come as a result instead of the other way around. So um, yeah, uh, he's, he's a great, but one of the great famous quotes is uh, treat your employees as you want them to treat their best customers. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's, he's very much also about, you know, doing the right thing for your employees and, and in return, they would do the right thing for you. So I, I like that. Amazing. All right. Hey, thanks so much for the insights. Uh, it was great hearing. Um, it was great. Well, we see you on screen. Uh, the podcast is audio only, but we um, uh, we see it was great seeing you and, and meeting you again. Uh, Hans, thanks as, uh, as well, obviously. Thank you. Um, and, great uh, to meet you. 
on to the next Thanks, episode. Guys. Yeah, appreciate uh, the questions and uh, well done. I think this is a great uh, kind of uh, opportunity to to depict things and not just go about uh, you know sales, 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 but actually talking about other things that matter. So well done for doing this podcast. Thanks, guys, for inviting me as well. Thank cool. you. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Out to Lunch. Make sure to subscribe to see what's on the menu next week. Enjoy your lunch.